I V M. Hello everyone and welcome to Triangle of Friends. This is Monish and as always I'm joined by Nishant. The NBA camps begin today. It's December 1st. A lot of teams are stacking up their rosters. They have stacked up their rosters. A few teams have moved around a few pieces. They've pushed themselves from playoff contenders to absolute favorites now. In today's episode, we'll talk about two such teams. The Philadelphia 76ers. They managed to hold on to Embiid and Ben Simmons and added a lot of pieces that make them real contenders in the East. In the West, we'll also talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Along with Luka Doncic and Pulzingis, they've added Josh Richardson, who I think is a very, very valuable pick. We'll, we'll see how these team, two teams stack up and we'll analyze their moves and all of that in today's episode. Hey Nishant, what's up? Uh, the league start, the camp start today uh, and a lot of teams will are getting ready for the NBA season, which is just three weeks away. But uh, I'm looking at one particular player here, Anthony Davis. He's not attached to any team. He's not a Laker, technically. What is happening with him? Because he's not signed a contract yet. Yep, I think it's what it is. It's what we discussed. I think the Lakers are definitely waiting on on Giannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a couple of other free agency moves they have in mind because next season, as we've mentioned time and time again, next season is when the free agency really opens up. Giannis, of course, is potentially the biggest name uh, mm-hmm. who could be a free agent next season if he doesn't sign the Supermax before the 21st of this month. Now, He's not the only one, though. There's going to be a bunch of big-name free agents next season, and and a lot of teams, if you notice, are lining up. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma have shared a bunch of contracts. They're playing it conservative. I know they're amassing picks, but they're playing it real conservative, cost-cutting and stuff like that for mm-hmm. um, to be in prime position next season to build a squad around a superstar. You see Miami do the same. You see Dallas kind of offloaded a bit of salary here and there to create space for a, for a max slash supermax, maybe. And and I think that's what it is. And and the Lakers, Le- LeBron's always been about this, right? He's always been about building the best team possible and and uh, and always recruiting the best talent to come play with him. He's never not done this. So you'd you'd expect him to have the foresight to be in in that sort of a position next season. And even if he's not directly doing it, at least ask this of his team. So uh, the idea is at the end of this season, LeBron has a player option. I think what they're looking to do and what the insiders report, I've heard Brian Winners talk about this a lot, is that AD wants to get a similar kind of structure and that's what the club, the franchise would like as well. So that both LeBron and AD can opt out of their contracts and it gives them largely a clean slate to work with because they don't have guaranteed money owed to anyone else. They have they have bit part contracts here and there, but mm-hmm. they'll free up a lot of space to, to figure things out in free agency. So I think that's what it is. But it is still mighty odd that camp is about to begin and he's still not on any roster. Um, it's it's a bit too close for comfort, I suppose, but but looks like the Lakers have it covered. All right. I hope he really signs soon because he was my pick for the MVP in yesterday's episode. So I really hope he gets onto the Lakers as soon as possible. Uh, but in today's episode, I actually wanted to focus on uh, two teams and I think two real contenders. Actually, coincidentally, both of them were ranked second in my power rankings. Yeah. Uh, the 76ers, let's start off with them because uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, there were a lot of talks in the offseason about how Philly were going to split them up. Uh, Embiid or Ben Simmons, one of them might be traded. There were talks of possibly a trade for James Harden because of the Daryl Morey coming in situation. They also have Doc Rivers at the helm. So, uh, But they managed to hold on. They've kept most of the team intact. Uh, they managed to hold on to Embiid, Ben Simmons and also Tobias Harris, who's a pretty decent player. But I think the main addition, I think, were the side pieces, right? They've gotten Seth Curry, who's 
44% shooter from three. They've gotten Danny Green, who's ha- who has the championship experience. In fact, he's coming off a championship at the Lakers. They've also added a big center, uh, Dwight Howard, will relieve Embiid when he's on the when he's off and not playing. I think Dwight Howard is a pretty good addition as well. So uh, that looks like a very strong team. Yeah, uh, the Dwight Howard signing is particularly impactful for them because um, he's had a bit of a late resurgence in his career. <clears throat> And he's remodeled himself to be this ideal role player, which he never was. He was always a bit of a problematic superstar with with limited skill set. But now he's this he's embraced that role player role, if I may. Um, and and he's he's really maximizing what was always probably his biggest strength is his defense. He's been a multiple DPOY. He's been one of the best defenders in the league for years. And and he showed some of that last season with the Lakers. Philadelphia would be real appreciative of that because Embiid, when Embiid and Simmons are on the floor, that's a fearsome defense. Now, when Embiid's off the floor, they lose a lot of that size. And and Al Hofford, well, he's not on the team anymore. But last season when he was around, he wasn't really that guy anymore. So they really took a hit on on size, which when Embiid's on the court, Simmons is, is no midget either. So, so they've got real size, whether it's perimeter defense or in protection, right? And and that's a bit of what Dwight Howard would would lend to them. So that's my favorite signing. I like Seth Curry. I like loading up shooters. I like but Danny Green. I'm I'm not sold. Right. I think I've completely lost confidence in the guy uh, that he is that guy anymore. But it, it's classic Daryl Morey. He goes there, shakes things up, brings in a bunch of signings. Never afraid to um, to change the status quo. And with Doc Rivers, I, I this looks like a really good team. Yeah. Uh, so when they went to the bubble, I know Ben Simmons didn't last the bubble too long, but when they went to the bubble, they started experimenting with Ben Simmons at power forward, right? He was a point guard. So how do you think that'll work out? Are they going to, uh, moving back to the point guard position or do you think they'll put him at the power forward and think that's where his role lies now going forward? They can put him at the four. I mean, they have the squad to do it now. If they choose to start Danny Green, they've got the squad to do it. If they want to start Seth Curry and Danny Green, which is... I don't see that working, but they have enough guards now and somebody's going to start, somebody's going to carry the ball. But if Ben Simmons is on the floor and and I, I love him at the four, I think he's great at the four. He has the size for it. He can play that position. But if he's not handling the ball and he's not running your offense, you're giving up on on someone who's actually a pretty amazing playmaker. He's great at running running the point. So unless they plan him to play as a point forward sort of position, mm-hmm. like what LeBron does, but at the number four, mm-hmm. unless they do that or give him like a Luca sort of role, it's going to be a waste of talent. You might as well trade him then and, and try and bring in somebody else. But if, if it's a point forward, he'll play the four, but he'll also be the primary uh, ball handler and the, the offense runs through him. I think that's a phenomenal role for him. That's a good fit. And they finally have the guards to, to pull that off. One thing about the 76ers is that they always feel like they're rebuilding, right? The process, as they call it. And every year they've had this, when they go into the season, they seem like favorites. But yeah. somehow they they fizzle out. And even the last season, right? They look like real contenders. But once you came to the playoffs, you knew that the Celtics were favorites and they actually thrashed them. Uh, you could argue that Ben Simmons was missing and that made a quite of a difference. But this has been happening for years now. They got... They got knocked out by the Raptors in the final uh, a couple of years back by that uh, Kawhi Leonard shot that you keep bringing up a million times. Yeah. But uh, this always seems to keep happening. This is a team that goes there and yet fizzles out. And 
I'm kind of worried that this is again the same thing because can you really trust the likes of Danny Green, Seth Curry, Dwight Howard, and even and their bench, right? They have Kokmaz, they have Tybul, and all of these guys. So apart from the big two, uh, which is Ben Simmons and Embiid, are there are the others really up to it? Are they really chip contending? Do they have the mentality? Is what I'm trying to ask. Well, we we've never had a chance to find out. That's the problem because the process has been so hit and miss. They got a, a bunch of great draft picks. They also made a bunch of shit draft picks. They made some questionable trades. They gave away players that they never should have. Um, why wouldn't you do everything in your power to get Jimmy Butler to stay? You just went to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. You lost on literally the last shot of the match, and a fluky, fluky shot at that. Um, you let Jimmy Butler go. You let Redick go. At various points, you let some other amazing squad players go. and you're all you're you're forever changing so then the excuses are always there if somebody doesn't play well it's his first season in this offense in this system this coach blah 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 if if the coach gets everything right it's that if the player gets something wrong will the coach didn't know to maximize there's always excuses when you're changing up the squad so much and that's where i really like daryl mori because mm-hmm. he is not averse to doing risky stuff like the process but he's going to do it with some sort of method to madness and now that he's sitting over elton brand i like how this looks darren mori himself is unproven it's not like he has delivered a chip winning squad but you're putting him in a position where you can do that around a new set of superstars not harden who really it's tough to build a championship team around a player like harden so i like how it's going now and and but but i will say this their squad players were never the problem their biggest problem was a having the two superstars fit in the first mm-hmm. place and fit mm-hmm. for long enough that the coach has time to figure out what their rotation should be what their offense should look like and how how they play off of each other that's been their biggest problem i really think that can work but their biggest problem is they never quite got enough of a sustained run to really look at how these two together can be a third of us absolutely and we think uh, i mean when we look at ben simmons we look at his three pointing uh, three point shooting and we make fun of it but i think he's created more three points than any other player in yeah. the league uh like Russell Westbrook right and with the addition of Seth Curry who i said like is a 44% shooter from 3 Danny Green who's been there done that so uh i think it's a really interesting unit that they built up i think uh it will work out for them and which is why i had them number 2 actually and looking forward to how this goes for this uh, for the 76ers yeah they have shooters they have some good shooters and and that that's exactly what i mean ben simmons is an elite playmaker If you're not putting the ball in in his hands, you're wasting his talent. You should trade him. But if you are going to put the ball in his hands, then absolutely play him at the four. Now that there's no Al Horford, they do have a vacancy at the number four. Uh, instead of forcing, force fitting a, a big, not even a stretch big, to play the four, might as well play Ben Simmons and make him run the point. So it's a bit of a stretch big in the sense that he's going to run the show from the perimeter often. But he's not going to shoot from it. So uh, an unconventional stretch big, if you will, uh, in in Ben Simmons. And if if Simmons can stay fit, if Embiid can stay fit, they have the coach, they have the squad. This team can go places. And and All we'll right. know for sure. We'll know for sure if it's if it's really the players or just their fitness or what 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 is it that causes them to be a meme in the playoffs so many times. But for that to happen, these two need to be fit. If they still flame out, well, there you have it. All right then. Talking about going to places, let's move to the West. And like the Philly, who finished sixth, and 
we moved them up in our power rankings. Uh, let's talk about the Mavs, who actually finished seventh in the West. I don't think they're going to be finishing seventh anymore because Luca Doncic, I think he's really elevated himself from what we've seen in the bubble and the postseason. He really touched the Clippers, didn't he? Now, how does that team look? Because they've added Josh Richardson, who I think I don't know if I can call him an upgrade over Seth Curry, but I think they've they've gotten the right piece because you didn't really need Seth Curry in that team with Luka Doncic handling the ball most of the time. Now you've gotten Josh Richardson, who's an upgrade, especially in defense. So, uh, and the rest of the team remains as it is. So I think they're really good unit. How do you think they are doing? Well, first of all, I have Luka winning MVP. He's my favorite for mm-hmm. MVP. Yep. Absolutely. And it's because he has matured. It's because right place, right, right time. It's because he's going to get a lot of games without posing his mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one injury or the other or, or recuperation time, blah, blah, blah. So that's why he's my MVP pick. They have a really solid squad around them. The only real major difference has been Seth Curry who moved out, right? And Josh Richardson is, is a fine player to add. Although I disagree though. I, I think Seth Curry's shooting will be missed. Um, somebody who's that accurate with around a playmaker like Luca, mm-hmm. around Luca and a stretch big like Porzingis, who cause all kinds of spacing problems and you get open and you can shoot like Seth Curry, that's priceless. So, however good Josh Richardson is from the three, it, it is a bit of a step down from, from Seth Curry, who outside of Steph Curry, if you need an impact three shooter, there's none better than Seth Curry. So, that, that's a loss for them. Now, do I see them finishing seventh? No. Do I see them going as high as third? No either, because there's going to be games. There's going to be a lot of games where they're misposing is. Um, there's going to be times when they'll have to depend on their secondary and all of these support cast and crew to get things going. I don't think they have enough firepower. If Luca's off the court, this team looks shaky. If Pozingis and Luca are off the court, it's, it's over. So, I, I don't see them as a top three team. But just like Miami, regardless of where they finish in the, in the league table, this is a team that's built to torture, torture opponents in the playoffs. So, that's really when their season begins. And next season, I'd fully expect them to go for the chip. So, I'm looking at a good deep playoff run this season. And then they know exactly what they need to win next season. I'm looking at the rest of the team, right? Apart from Luca and uh, KP, they have Josh Richardson, like we mentioned. But they also managed to keep Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, and Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber. And they've re-signed uh, Trey Burke. They have Boban, as always, if needed, uh, if they need the size. They have uh, Barea, who they re-signed. They have Dwight Powell. That's a very deep team. And like we mentioned yesterday, with the outbreak of COVID, and you don't know how many players are going to miss out. This is a nice insurance to have, isn't it? No doubt. And but but I'm looking at the contracts, right? Tim Hardaway gets yeah. paid nearly nineteen million dollars, and James Johnson that they added, and mm-hmm. he gets paid sixteen. That's a big money contract for for a player who's largely coming in just to be Luca's enforcer. And that was the joke going around the league that Luca got a bodyguard finally, and he is that. He's exactly that. He's an enforcer. He's gonna rough you up, kind of like a Ron Artest, a young Ron Artest, minus that level of game. It can't be a coincidence that they have both of these contracts lying around mm-hmm. while they've shipped out Seth Curry in exchange for Josh Richardson. They're obviously clearing house to get set up for, for free agency. But then if they need to make a trade, mm-hmm. these two contracts total up nicely to a max contract and maybe they can add in a couple of picks and get something going. So yeah, I think both of these are going to be important trade pieces, Tim Hardaway Jr. and James Johnson. But for the season, the, it doesn't hurt that they provide a nice little bit of depth to the squad. 
totally and looking at tim hardaway junior he actually did a really good job against the clippers uh, he was one of the pieces yeah. that really pushed the clippers he ended the season with a 39% shooting from outside the arc so really good piece to have at the experience as well and same with dorian finney smith right he's a real absolute beast of a defender which players i mean he's one of those marcus smart kind of guys he's always there in your face not letting you get a space not letting you get any space or a, a shot out so yeah. i think really rugged squad and that's what they need around luka yeah except luka everyone defends really well they put their heart and soul into into defense and posing is of course is a monster so um it's a nice squad they've got real depth um they're built to be really strong but i just don't think this squad as it's shaped right now mm-hmm. is going to make waves in the regular season maybe top 4 maybe top 5 but in the playoffs they're going to be a handful that's when they're really going to shine when you play the same team repeatedly again and again and again and it's a question of whether the one offense can figure out the other's defense or vice versa um somebody like luka if there's a posing is fit next to him with this depth that's an unstoppable force in the playoffs totally uh, you mentioned about how mavs were clearing up their salary space right and you talked about yanis but what about luka he's up for a contract next season and uh he could probably up, be up for an extension he could be up for a super max if he wins the mvp as well yeah uh, interesting times for him and is this something that you think he's here to last right you compare him to say magic johnson or a larry bird right. and he's that kind of a player he can pass the ball he can create plays he can shoot the threes he can shoot he can get his own shot he can dribble he can do everything and get his own shot off and he almost averaged 10 rebounds as well so how much better can you get Yeah I I think he's more Larry Bird than than he is Magic. Mm-hmm. But from whatever videos I've seen of Larry Bird and documentaries and all of that he was a pretty incredible defender too. So that's something Luka might have to work on um and improve. I I don't think you're ever going to see Luka be an elite defender in the league like a like a Ben Simmons or someone of that level. But he, I think he should be able to get his defense up to a level where it's acceptable and he doesn't kind of stand out and stick out like a sore thumb and be a liability the way James Harden often is. I feel like he gets a lot more stick than he deserves for defense. So, Luca, there's room to improve. But everything on offense, he's so much like Larry Bird and probably a better playmaker than Larry Bird. Though Larry Bird was a way better shooter. So there's there's upside, there's similarities, but there's also tremendous upside and areas where he can improve. And that's the frightening part because he's so young. He's he's what 21 now. He's got yeah. years of improvement. He's four years younger than Giannis, and Giannis is a young superstar in the league. so it's insane how much time and and uh freedom he has really to explore his playing style and and see where uh where he needs to double down he can absolutely be up for a supermax if he wins the mvp there's a bunch of other criteria but i think the mvp is something that is credibly within his reach and something mm-hmm. that that i think he's the favorite for this season so there's that to look forward to because right now he gets paid less than a third of what posingis gets paid i don't think that makes too much sense <laughs> to him but it's a rookie contract that's how it works So big, big year for Luca. Uh, Jason Tatum had a breakout year last year, and damn, he got paid. Um, yeah. You would expect Luca to want the same or better. Uh, I'm also looking at Porzingis. Is he the guy who would actually Mavs want to depend on long term? Because given his history with injuries, um, he's kind of been un- when he plays, he's absolutely great. No denying that. But he's been kind of inconsistent in the number of games he's played. Right? He's missed large portions of the season, and he missed the. bubble he missed the post season against the clippers as well a few games there so is he the kind of guy that mas actually want to keep because of his salary uh, 
the salary that he uh, draws as well so what do you think about the porzingis situation yeah I, personally my controversial take would be they should trade him at some point and maybe they're looking to trade him at some point because mm-hmm. i love porzingis and it's great when him and luka play together and porzingis is 25 so you're looking at these guys you're thinking dynasty 21 year old superstar 25 amazing players chip sometime in the next 2 3 years and this is a dynasty in the making except mm-hmm. posing is a 73 already proven to be injury prone 73 is not a height that lasts very long in the nba mm-hmm. you get to 30 31 and then then it starts peeling off rapidly and the decline is it's incredible you take the best of the best yaoming boom gone shack horrible decline some of these you can blame on attitude and just not being motivated enough in the later parts of their career but most players see major injuries and surgeries and all of that and you never the same anymore and posingus is a stretch big so he's out there being your best defender at one end then he's out shooting threes driving to the lane bumping bodies it's a lot for a player who's already injury prone to be 73 doing all of that it doesn't add up like they call him the unicorn it will really have to be a unicorn achievement for him to stay fit in in the long term so when you say dynasty and when you say he's only 25 you've got to take into account he's 25 but 73 and injury prone it doesn't mean the same thing as it does for a guard like lucas 25 i'd expect him to play till 35 barring mm-hmm. any major injuries right i i can't expect the same of posingis so then if he's going to i think this season's like a litmus test how far how far can they go in the playoffs and how fit can posingis be how much can he deliver because otherwise that's a great trade piece All right then so that was our analysis of Philly and Mavs uh, I had them both second in both the east and the west Nishant had them second uh, Philly had second in the east as well I but have Mavs top four for Mavs and, uh, yeah making the playoffs but uh, top four is going to be tough but eventually I think uh, these are two teams that all teams want to avoid once the play, uh, postseason begins and that's where they would be in our uh, in our analysis as well so uh, All right then uh, nice doing this with you nice analyzing these teams and we'll keep doing this as we begin the start of the season uh, looking forward to the camps in the preseason yeah, i hope any signs that's the only thing i'm <laughs> yeah like, yeah Janus will come screw that this just... <laughs> putting him as the mvp and without a team <laughs> yeah yeah but he might get a big contract at charlotte if he moves all right then talk to you soon all right just